You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. Let's join in for this week's message. Well, I'm shaking because I'm excited and I'm cold, so bear with me. I'm not nervous. <laughs> I used to be nervous. First time I preached, they put the lapel on me because I was shaking so bad I couldn't hold the mic. But I've, uh, so <laughs> just bear with me. But man, this is such a humbling place for me. Uh, I always enjoy getting to get up here and preach to my family and the people that seen me through my hard times and I'm so grateful to get to bring the word and start off the year, but uh, just bear with me. As our fast starts, I want to encourage you uh, and walk you through some things. The, import, the importance of fasting as, and, uh, as a Christian, you need to be intentional. And, and anytime I stand up here and preach and give a word or whatever you want to call it, don't take my word for it all the time. Don't take my word for it. Take notes, go, go study me. If I'm wrong, I want to be the first one to know. And if I said something out of line, you bring it to me and we're going to get it straight. We're going to go find it in the Word. And I always want to be straightforward and, and honest. And, uh, and I am human. And so, uh, and that's all right. So don't always take my word for it. Write it down and go, go study it. And, and probably some of the best revelations I've ever got was sitting under pastors and, and going throughout the United States with my pastor and being able to uh, listen to those guys teach. And I have books of notes from those years in my life where God, they were teaching and God was showing me at the same time. And there's nothing like a revelation from that during those times. And and, uh, I want to encourage you, take notes, write it down, study it out and see what it does, match it up to your life and tell us how it does. And, uh, but be intentional, be uplifted and excited about where God is taking you and growing you. It's our calling to equip you with the tools you need to move forward. It's our job as leaders of this church, of this house, to make sure you have what you need. We cannot do it for you. We can't get your family saved for you. you got to do it. And so we, can, we want to equip you with what you need to get the jobs done. It's not, it's not the teacher's job to get my son saved. It's my job as the father to make sure that he sees the standard of what our life needs to look like. Amen. And so... Uh, it's my calling, our calling to equip you. Anytime we want God to take us somewhere new, we have to be able to lay something down. Because where God has taken you, it can't go. So I want you to have the mindset, if you're fasting with us or if you're going to go through this fast, don't come to as I have to give this up. Don't have that, that somber look, well, I got to give up steak or I got to give up meat or I got to give up coffee. No, I'm going to lay coffee down because God's needing to tell me something in this season of my life and where I'm headed... I need to be able to hear from him, and so be encouraged. You need to have an offensive stance on what you're fasting. God, I humble myself and I lay it down because God has a new chapter in your life, and he's wanting to put a period on that chapter, this old chapter in your life, and he's wanting to turn the page and start a new chapter. Amen? So in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1, it says, if you want to turn there, write it down. It says, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take away, to take my two sons to be his slaves. And so she comes up and says, Hey, my my husband died, and uh, I owed this guy some money, and he's going to come take my kids if I don't pay up. So she goes to the man of God and says, So Elijah said to her, What shall I do for you? 
And we're going to get to that where Jesus, anytime somebody came to Jesus, he would always ask the question, what do you want me to do for you? And a lot of times as Christians, we don't, want, we don't know what we want God to do. You know, we just want to make it. But be intentional. God, I want to see this in my life. God, I want you to do this in my marriage. God, I want you to do this with my kids. God, I want to see my family do this. And so be intentional. What do you want? What do you want God to do in your life this morning? And he said, so Elijah said to her, what shall I do? And, and uh, tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. And he said, go borrow vessels from all of your neighbors, empty vessels, and do not gather just a few. In other words, get all you can. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and then pour into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. And now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he, and he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. When she came and told the man of God, he, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. And I want to encourage you, the only time the oil will stop flowing in your life is when you stop bringing God something to pour it into. Over and over we come back to God and as long as you'll just keep coming, God will keep pouring the oil on you. Don't ever get discouraged like I don't have something to bring to God. I, I'm, I'm in a mess. My life's a mess. This lady, she was, uh, it, it was a mess. She had, a, she had an issue there. She, that was a mess, you know, and we're, we're going to keep going, but... The only time the oil will stop flowing is when you stop bringing God something to pour it into. And the title of my message this morning is Bring Me What You Have. And so as we start this fast and we get going today and, and, and through the next few weeks, you just bring God what you have. And that's all right. That's good enough. That You bring God your jar. And whatever that is in your life, God, I want to bring you this and I need you to fill it up and I need you to overflow it. And you just keep coming, and, you, and he's going to keep pouring into that. And there's Luke chapter 6 and verse 30. And these are just some scriptures to be encouraged by. And it says, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. And that's where God, the overflow, we live off the overflow. She said, go, he said, go and sell everything that's left, and you can live off God's overflow in your life. You can live off him pouring into you and overflowing, and people around you can live off the overflow. Amen? And it says, for the, same, for the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. In, in Matthew chapter 19, it says, Jesus is talking to the rich young ruler, and the guy says, hey, how do I get into, how, how do I get into heaven? He says, go and sell all you have and give it to the poor and take up your cross and follow me. And the, the disciples, they were like, whoa, whoa, hang on now. We've left everything. We, we don't have nothing. We, we gave it all away. We got out of the boat. We sold our nets. We, we crashed the boat, whatever you want to sunk the boat. And Jesus said, and this is a promise. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, this is a promise to you. Anything that you lay down, I'm going to give it back to you. And, and, and read that in Matthew chapter 19, verse 27. It starts there. And he says, Jesus says to him, he says, Surely, surely I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory... You who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. 
And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wives or children or land for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold. In other words, if I can put it down, God will, God will multiply it, press down, shaken together and give it back to me. And so you have to be encouraged. Don't, don't, don't be afraid to let something go. Amen, Rick? And so uh, when I give it up, when I give it all to God and lay it down, he bless, blesses it and multiplies it and gives it back. And it's easy to get focused on what we don't have or how bad things are going in life. And, and that's so, what's so good about this house is, is the way the music leads into our messages here. And we don't, we don't orchestrate that, but it's like, man, you're, you're battling for something. You, you want to see good things happen in your life, and it's not going to come easy. Let me go ahead and tell you. We, we had a discussion this morning about in the... Uh, you know, pre-meeting before we get with worship and, the, you know, there's meetings that go on before this thing's happened and, and we get together and we talk about, uh, you know, when you become a Christian, you think your life is okay. It's, we're, you are going to be okay and it, it's not easy though. It's not easy to not want to jump out the door and kick somebody's door in and, you know, all the things when you're driving down through traffic. Yeah, right? <laughs> so whoever said this was uh, easy is lying. <laughs> like Taylor said, praising in the, in the, the muck and the mire. You know, praising when your, your kid flushes the remote down the commode and you're, you know, the other one's done flooded it twice. And, and uh, the, you, know, you don't have enough going on. I told the guys I was laughing with my guys the other day. I said, you know, I think Taylor and the boys look out the window sometimes and say, Dad's just standing there. We've got to find something for him to do, you know. <laughs> and I had them laughing. It was a joke. And that's not true. I love you. <laughs> that was my flesh trying to come up, you know. I, I said it in like being funny and laughing, you know what I mean? I wasn't, my family would never do that to me. But, uh, but that's why Paul said, I have learned to be content in all things. Philippians chapter 4 verse 11, it says, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. I know how it is to be a base and I know how it is to abound. Everywhere, in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. The proverb says, Gives me, give me rags and her riches. And uh, both to abound and to suffer need. But you need to underline this in your Bible. This is the part. Because, you know, a lot of times we go in there and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But you need to go ahead and read the two or three verses ahead of that. Because that guy's in a bind. He's saying, I've been, I've been up, I've been down, I've been hungry, I've been full, but I, I've learned that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? And I, as, as Christians, our first conversation in times of distress or sh despair should be, God, what are you trying to teach me here? What are you trying to show me and grow me in, in this season of my life? And you need to enjoy that journey. Some of the best, uh, I, I, my saying was, uh, I'm no stranger to starting over. It doesn't bother me to start over. You know, I've, it won't be the first time, you know. And I'm okay. I, I live contently like that. When God calls me out of something else, most of the time I do more harm than good, trying to hang on to something that God told me to lay, let go of. And, and uh, 
I can speak from experience with that. You know, when God says, hey, I want you to move out of this. Uh, I, I, you know, I love training horses. That's where I met God. I mean, God really was speaking to me through these horses. And, and I was, God was showing me some things. And He's like, all right, I want you to stop training horses. And I'm like, but I like it, you know. And so I, I wouldn't let go. I wouldn't let go. And it really, at the end of the day, it done more harm than good. When God said step away, it was, might've, it was just for a season, you know. And so I wish I would have, now looking back, I wish when God said that, I'm thinking, surely that's not God saying that. <laughs> so if God's telling you to, to, to let go of something in a season of your life, you need to put it down and move on because it may just be for a season. It may be that that hasn't taken over where your God, the relationship between you and God needs to be. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't let that be a counterfeit in your life where God was using that in my, that season of my life talking to me, but it wasn't God. And so you have to realize that. And when God says to let it go, you need to let it go and move on because He's got something better for you. Amen? Jesus never feared the wilderness, and we should never feel, fear the wilderness because that is where God can take the time to grow our relationship with God. And that's what Taylor was talking about. The test wasn't in the 40-day fast. The, the test was when he come out of the wilderness and the devil stood up, and he says, here's this bread, and he says, man, don't live by bread alone. And you would think, this guy is hungry. He hasn't eaten in 40 days. And it's like the devil, hey, I'm hungry, and the devil walks up. To, and, and who are we as Christians to think that we're exempt from that very thing that Jesus had to go through? You know what I'm saying? In our lives as Christians, we think, well, Jesus did that for me. No, you've got some work to do too. And you're going to fast some things, and you're going to go through some... Tr- the, the test wasn't in the, the fast. It was when the fast was over. And so just be ready when the fast is over. Because there is going to come somebody knocking at your door and you got to say, hey, man, don't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, you know. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, it says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, and this is some of them things you need to underline in your Bible. I will never leave you nor forsake you. When you feel like you've you got a flat tire and you're in a sketchy parking lot and your husband's kind of aggravated because that really happened. It's like we're Christmas shopping. It's 830. you got a, a battery dead and I'm over here. And, it, and, and, and from Taylor's point of view, she's like, well, I'll, he's mad because my battery's dead. No, I'm mad. I'm, I'm upset because if something happened to you, I can't get to you. And I, want, I don't want, you know, we went to Vegas one time and uh, we, we walked down the strip and I was so scared. And I was like, she was, I said, Taylor, I'm scared because I can't, I can't hold all three of you in my arms. And, and when we go to these places, it's not because I'm mad at you. I'm, I'm afraid that, yeah, well, I mean, and we'll get into that story, but um, that was not in my notes. But anyways, we're going to move on. But yeah, and, and I can't get to you, you know, and, and a lot of times we think, well, he's, they're mad because, uh, God, I need you. And, and, and I can't get to her, and that, that's what bothers me. And so I'm going to move on because I don't want her to think that I'm, 
<laughs> but the Lord is my helper. I, I will not fear what can man do to me. And do not worry. It says do not fear 365 times in the Bible. You need to be in the season that God has you in. Bring God what you have and don't worry about what you don't have. If you needed it, God will send it. And that's the difference between the vision and the provision. God will give you the vision, but when God gives you a vision, He'll also give you the provision, and that's the tools you need to get the job done. In other words, if God says, I want you to fast this, here's the vision for it, and oh, hang on, I got the tools for you to get the job done. Amen? And it says, uh, and, and we'll go back, but it says, what do you want? And a lot of times as Christians, we need to ask ourselves, we, we need to be intent in these things what do I want my life for 2024 20, to look like? What do I want my business to look like? What do I want my career, my, uh, my job? You know, you, you need to be intentional with that. Write it down and find out what God, what you want, first of all. Because when you go to God, He's going to say, well, what do you want? And you're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> find out what you want and then take it to God. What do you want your life to look like this year? He says, uh, Jesus healed all those people, and everyone he asked, he asked them all, what do you want? Elisha asked the widow, what would you have me to do? And uh, it's, you have not because you ask not. And three things in the New Testament that we as Christians are to do. If you call yourself a Christian, if you go to church on a regular basis, these are three things that you are to do as a Christian often. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount. And I mean, this is one of those two or three chapters. This guy's read letters and he is laying the law down. And the, the scribes and the Pharisees and all the people are gathered around and he is upsetting the apple cart. But in Matthew chapter 6, it says, and he said, when you give, and he lays it out. And he says, then he says, when you pray, and then he lays it out. And so I want you to write that down and go and study that, but... When you give and when you pray, and last but not least, he says, when you fast. So these are three things in the New Testament that Jesus said we need to do as Christians. And so I'll go into that. It says, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, it says, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. And that's when I say, when I started off this message, you need to have a, an offensive you know, you need to be happy about this in your life. God, I'm so happy about where you're taking me this year. I'm going to lay this down. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to lay it down, and I'm happy about where you're taking us. He says, moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. For, when they, dis for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. But assuredly, I say to you that you have, you have your reward. In other words, if you go around, tell people, and you go to the restaurant and you're fasting steak and you go to uh what's salt grass you know what i mean and everybody's eating steak and you're fasting steak and you're you know and they're like what's wrong with you I've, i'm fasting steak you know and they're like oh that's good you know pat you on the back that's your reward that's your reward and it says it it says surely i say to i say to you they have their reward but you when you fast Anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father 
who sees in secret will reward you openly. And I always try to, I always try to find those times. The Bible says don't let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. In other words, don't announce it. And I always try to find times in life when I want, I want to give something to someone. I'll just gift them and not even, I, I test God. The Bible says test me. And so I'll test God. I'll slip something. You know, I, I want to bless people. I want to, I'm blessed and I want to be a blessing. And so I want, but it says give and it will be given. And I, I put those, those scriptures to the test, you know. And so I want to give people things. I want to bless people. I want to bless people with horses and trailers. And, you know, I want to be in a place one day where I can bless somebody with that. And I don't want to do it because I can stand up and say, oh, bless this person. No, I want to test God because he says if I'll give it, it'll be given back to me, pressed down, shaken together. And so these are promises in the Word of God that I live by, and I'm grateful for it. And there's been times when the Lord says give $21, and I didn't have but 22 you know. <laughs> but I'm going to trust you. And, I, and he says if I can trust you with the little things, I'll trust you with much. If you're faithful with the little things, you can be faithful with much. And so you have to learn to trust God. That is learned discipline. Like Taylor was talking about, it's not easy to have, uh, you know, a, a truck and the Lord says, give it to you. And I'm like, I just got this thing put together where I can even drive, you know. And, and then the Lord says, well, give it away. And you're like, well, I ain't got no way to work, you know. <laughs> and so you just, that's a learned discipline. That's a conversation that it ain't easy. It's not easy doing those things that God wants you to do, but he says, if you'll do it, I'll multiply it, I'll bless it, and I'll give it back to you. And so wouldn't you want something that God had multiplied and blessed and gave it back to you rather than something that you held on to and it wasn't blessed? And so uh, fasting is the religions of ancient peoples in civilization. Fasting was a practice to prepare persons priests and priestesses to approach the deities. Fasting gets your spirit and your flesh in right alignment with the kingdom of heaven. And when, what is God, I want to ask you this morning, what is God asking you to move out of the way so he could get to you? And you need to stay with it and see it through. In Daniel chapter 10 verse 1, and uh, you can turn there and uh, Verse 1, it says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel. And, and a lot of times when we fast 21 days, this is, we call it the Daniel fast. And Jensen Franklin has a book on it, Why Fast. And uh, there's a lot of information that you can get. You can get with any of the leaders in the church, uh, anybody. Just come up and ask. Because, I mean, I was raised in church, and I didn't know what fasting was. I didn't know why until I got with some people that taught me. And so you need to learn and, and understand. Uh, you know, we don't want to give you a sword that you can't wield. And so uh, it's, it's a process. It's learned. It's discipline. But he's talking to Daniel. Uh, and as the message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and, it had, and had understanding of the vision. And then those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. And I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And so what do I, I want to ask you this morning, what do you do when daily life isn't matching up with the vision God gave you? 
Because the, the angel comes to him and he gives him a vision and then all hell breaks loose. And so what, what do you do when life isn't matching up with the vision God gave you? David was anointed at 15, but he didn't take the throne until he was in his 30s. God's people were looking for a Messiah that came in a manger as a baby. But there was a lot of living that took place from the cross, from birth to the cross. And so there is a process. There is time when you set out to do something. It's going to take time. You're probably going to fail a few times, get back up, dust yourself off, do it again until it becomes natural. And drop down in verse 10, it says, And suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on my palms and my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you. And this guy, he was in a bind. And this is the angel coming to him. And he, he, was, he was asleep and he has face down. He come to him in a dream and he says, Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel... Man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For I've now been sent to you. In other words, God sent the angel to him. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. And he said to me, do not fear. And in other words, this morning I want to tell you, do not fear. When you set out to do this, it's, the Bible says, fear not. When you set out to do something, when you set out to make changes in your life, fear not. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. Amen? And he said, uh, do not fear for the, for the first day that you set your heart to understand. And this is where I want you to be encouraged. In other words, this morning, if you're taking part in this, if you're wanting to see things new in your life this year, and you say, I want to make the decision this morning to make changes in my life. God, what do I need to give up? What do I need to let go of so you can get to me in, in the next 30 days, in the next... Cause and what's so important about this is this 21-day deal could, could change the direction and the course of your life from now on. What you, the choice you make today to do something like this could change your life, could alter your life for the rest of your life in a good way. And he says, uh, humble yourself. I'm sorry. Do not fear, Daniel. From the first day that you set your heart to understand... And you humbled yourself before your God. Your words were heard. And he says, And I have come because of your words. In other words, not the pastor's words, not my wife's words, not my husband's words, but because of your words, I've come. Wow. And, and, and it's on you. This is, on, this is what, when you set out to do this, this is your words. What, what do you want? What, what do I want? What do you want? This is your words. You need, like Taylor said, you need to say it out loud. If you don't want to say it around 200 people, go in a room and say, "Lord, I want, I want new things for my family this year." All right. Well, this is what we got to do, and we get, and we're going to build a relationship, and we're going to walk through it. And he says, "Because, because of your words, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold." Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. In other words, the forces of darkness. And you need to understand there's more of us than there are of them. And the Bible says, 
Ray and I were talking about it in the morning. We almost had a church in the restroom before everyone got here, but we were just talking about the Bible says that you have a third of a legion of angels. And if you study that, that is a lot of angels. But he said, when you spoke it, they immediately come after me and they were trying to shut me down. In other words, when you speak this and you say, Lord, I want this for my family. Lord, I want this for my job. You need to understand that it's already set in motion, but there's already forces of darkness trying to stop it. And he says, and he goes on to say, but it took me 21 days to get here. In other words, while you were mourning and you were fasting and you were hurting, I was at work, I was fighting, and I, was, I already had the answer. It just took me 21 days to get there. And so you need to push through. I need to tell you this morning, if you can just push through, God's already set in motion for what He has for the vision for your life and whatever you're asking for. He says, ask and you shall receive. And so this morning when you ask, if you ask, if you want to, what do you want? That's your, that's your decision. But know that the answer is already coming forth. And it may take 21 days to get there, but it's gonna, we'll keep reading. But it says the vision for your family. He says, oh, he, I'm sorry. He says, I'm sorry, Ephesians 6, it says, put on the full armor of God. And that's why we have to put on the full armor of God. Because, because when you ask and they're headed that way, you need, to have, you need to be armored up. You need to be ready because they're already headed this way. The forces of darkness. But he's 14, he says, now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the later days. For the vision refers to many days yet to come. In other words, the vision for your family, the vision for what you're asking for. And Josh and Keisha and Taylor and I, we went out the other night to eat dinner and we were just talking and uh, we were just, you know, visions and, and curses and generational curses and, and our family hasn't had to navigate through some of these things. If you know us, uh, alcoholism, drugs, everything in our family, we had to navigate through these things. Their generational curses, but when they got to us, we knew we had enough God in us to say, this doesn't have to be like this anymore. And so Keisha said something that was profound, and I'm glad she's not here, because <laughs> she'd be like, amen. But she said that there's such thing as generational curses and generational patterns. And you did? I'm so sorry. It was Taylor that said that. My bad. I thought it was Keisha. I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, Josh, can I ride home with you? <laughs> Anyways, there's difference between Taylor said, thank you, Taylor. You're so profound. You're so so good. You're my better half. The difference between generational curses and generational patterns is you have to put the work in. Don't be insane. And the definition of sanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting something different to happen. So you need to change the pattern. If there's something going on in your life that you need to change, you just need to change the pattern. And you will stop the generational curses. And I'm standing here because I've been a testament to having to do that in my life, in my family's life. And so don't let that curse become a pattern. Stop the pattern. And what a good day to do that. 
your business, your job. You need to insert the vision you need from God and see what happens. And if you would close, I'm sorry, stand with me as I get to close. I'm nervous. <laughs> this past week, though, I've, I've got a new say, and it is so funny. I'll just be walking around, and I'll look out, and, you know, we, we've had all this rain. You look out there, and there's 300 yearlings out there, and you can imagine what 300 yearlings can do some ground in southeast Texas. And I'll just say, what a mess. <laughs> Jesus, I need you, you know. And the other day, my buddy called me, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be a good day. I got up, and I run to the lumber store, and it's like 7 in the morning. He calls me. He's like, hey, man, I'm in a bind. I was like, all right. He's like, I need you to bring me a truck. There's a truck rolled over, and I need some help. And uh, my guys are out. Can you jump in the truck and just bring it over here? And I'm like, sure. So I stop, jump. I go to his shop, jump in his truck, and there was an 18-wheeler rolled over at 146 and I-10. And there was a, there was, it was a mess. And I got out, I back up there and I'm like, I just, you know, I'm smiling. There's nobody hurt. Just traffic's backed up. And I get out and say, what's a, what a mess. You know, <laughs> Jesus, I need you. And that's where you have to be this morning. What a mess. And it seemed like as the day went on right there, it got worse. You know, we get there, and uh, I was in the wrong spot, apparently, but I had the door shut, so the guy cussing me. I didn't know nothing about it. And I get out, and I'm like, hey, you know, how's it going? Obviously, it's not going good because there's a, you know, this dude's on his side, you know, and it just kept getting worse, you know, and I'm just thinking, like, what a mess. So right in the middle, I get a phone call. Taylor calls and says, we got a problem. I was like, what's the problem? She goes, well, Cass was using the restroom and had the remote in his hand, and he flushed the commode with the same hand, and I guess it went in the commode, and, you know, it didn't pass through, but it got stuck. You know, like, well, what do you want me to do? You know, I'm standing at this, I'm standing at this wreck. <laughs> There's debris everywhere, the highway patrols and wreckers and, I mean, it's a mess. And she's like, well, I don't know. What do you, we're gonna, we got to fix it. And I'm like, well, flush the commode. If it don't flush, then, then um, it's stuck. And so she calls me back, and she was having problems because now we, got, we, we have one toilet in our house. We live in a small ranch house, and they got to go. Well, it just got worse for her, you know. <laughs> and so I got off the phone. I said, hey, guys, I got an emergency. And they were like, what? My son flushed the remote down the commode, and, you know, and they just started laughing, you know, in the middle of this mess, you know, and I hung up the phone, I was like, what a mess, you know, but Jesus, I need you. And then this morning, if, you got, if you're facing a mess, just, what a mess, Jesus, I need you, and he'll say, bring me what you got, amen? And, uh... I get home and I'm like, man, I don't want to. I go in there and I got T-post, you know, the wire. I got wire ties and I'm trying to like make a hook because I don't want to stick my hand down there because, you know, I'm not a plumber. And if you're a plumber, thank God for you. You are well worth what they pay you. And um, so I'm like, well, 
that didn't work. And I'm thinking, well, I could just, if I could just get it to go through, then we're good, you know, but it was hung up in the middle. So <laughs> I had to take it all out. I'd be like, we live on concrete floors. I had to break, I had to break the mold and get it out. And I'm like, man, take it outside, take it apart. I, I mean, I get out there, I got a picture and there's stuff everywhere. And I walk outside and I'm like, what a mess. Thank you, Jesus. I need you. And so I'm like, and the whole time is like, man, I want to be so mad at Cass. And it's like, surely they know I got all these things going on. Surely they can see that I'm a busy person. And God was like, God was showing me something there. Just chill out. It's a mess. We're all a mess. But God said, bring it to me. And this morning, if you're going to fast or if you want to fast, I want to give you the opportunity to, to bring that. Jesus, I want to bring this to you this morning so you can fill it up and overflow it because I want to, I want to set the course for my life and my family and, and whatever it is you want to see changed in the next season of your life. You take a minute and you bring that to God. And He says, by your words, I'm going to send forth. Not my words, by your words. What do you want? Jesus is asking you this morning, what do you want? What do you want to see for your life in 2024? What do you want to see through all this? And so I want to invite you this morning, we're going to close out. and uh, Just take a moment and, and reflect over what God would have you bring to Him this morning. If you haven't started or maybe you're just figuring out that I want to, be, I want to do this. Hey, I don't know, but there's enough people in here to tell you what you need. What, they can navigate you in the right direction. Hey, I need. I, I want to do this, but I want to do it right. Find somebody and let them help you. And, and, and let them be accountable. Hey, I failed. I slipped up. You know what? Get back up. We're not done. You got, 20, you got 21 more days to go. You, you know... <laughs> You got five more days to go. You got three more days to go. But let me tell you, there's a legion of angels fighting on your behalf. And if you can push through this, you're going to make it. Amen. Cassie, come to have what we're talking about all this. He goes, you know, Dad, sometimes accidents happen on purpose. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not sure what that means, but I think it means something. And I'll get back to you. But you know what? At the whole time I was wanting to be mad and I could really, I could tell like the devil was really trying to like put something there. Like he was wanting me to be mad at, to, at Cass and like discipline him. And I was like, I knew in my heart, no way, no way. Like there's times when yes, he needs it. You know, like right now he's on this, uh, he's like, uh, mom, could I go ride a motorcycle? And she's like, no. And then I'll be standing there and he'll say, Dad, can I go ride a motorcycle? I'm like, you're going to get in bad trouble. That's the worst. You cannot do that. You know, so there's times when the Lord's like, hey, this is not a discipline moment. This is a learning moment. And I couldn't imagine being him and flushing that commode. They'd be like, Bob, I flushed the remote down the commode, and Dad's going to freak out, you know. And so uh, that, was a, that was a teachable moment. And had I not had enough of, the, of God in me, I would have flew off the handle. Had I not been in the Word, that's what Taylor always says. It, don't, make sure you're not drinking from a dry well. If you're going to do this, make sure you get a healthy dose of God's Word every day because you're going to need it. Because your toddler's going to drive you nuts. You know, it, 
or, or whatever. I mean, that's our season, so that's what I have to talk about. You know, if, if Cass is not flooding it, Cannon's flooding it, you know, and I'm like, Cannon's flooded it twice. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> Why are you doing this? But So what do you need to leave behind this next season in your life? And this is what I have. Lord, I bring it to you. This is my jar and this is my mess. So you can fill it up and I will live off the overflow and what have left over. And this morning is a good place to start the new year and a new you. Lord, I bring you my... I bring you what I have. What a mess. You need to have faith and believe in that you receive. And the angel said it took me, back in Daniel Chen, it said it took me 21 days to get to you. Fear not. For the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come because of your words. So Father God, this morning, Lord, we just take this time, Lord, and we just thank you for allowing us to, uh, your grace that allows us to come to you in our mess. Lord, that we could, we could change the course of our lives by our words and what we bring to you this morning, Lord. And we just take that moment to reflect over what you would have us to lay down so you could take us to the new place in life. Lord, I thank you for guiding us and being there. Lord, your word says you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're going to do, Lord. And I pray that this prayer would just stay open. Lord, that you would continue to talk us through it and walk us through it. And we thank you for your grace and mercy this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.